0: I've got a lot of responsibility. I, I got It's my duty to to make sure that, you know, I, I make sure that she is someone that contributes to society and, and she grows up to be, you know, an awesome human being. And, and my influence is, is going to matter. So, you know, it's important that, you know, you, you know who you stand for.
1: Just wanted to mention this episode was recorded earlier. And as our audience grows, we just wanted to share some of the value from our earlier episodes. Welcome to the Add Valued Entrepreneurs Podcast, the place where we help entrepreneurs to not hate their boss. Our mission is to end entrepreneurial unhappiness. If you dream of changing the world, but you're not sure where to start, the Add Valued Entrepreneurs Podcast will help you transform your life and business. This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life that they desire. You deserve it and it is possible. My name is Robert Peterson, former passer, turned CEO, and the smiling coach. I believe that success without happiness is failing, but there is hope. Join us each week as we bring you an inspiring leader or message to help you. Thanks for investing time with us today. Our guest today is Daniel Blue. Daniel is a regular contributor to Forbes.com and the owner of Quest Education, a company that helps entrepreneurs obtain capital for their companies pay off high-interest debt, and use self-directed retirement accounts to invest in alternative assets. With over 10 years of educating small business owners, Daniel has a knack for helping individuals get creative with their finances that lead to life-changing results. Under Daniel's leadership, Quest Education has reached the seven-figure mark two years in a row with thousands of customers throughout the United States. Daniel Blue shares about the power of forgiveness and gratitude to open doors. He chose to create a lifestyle based on what he wanted for his family, who he wanted to be, and what he wanted to be known for. Now he helps people take more control of their finances through education. If you're an entrepreneur who started their business with a purpose and a passion that has been lost in the busyness of the daily grind, we get it. That is why we've opened up our free strategy calls. A lot of entrepreneurs, probably including you, just want a sense of clarity On the barriers holding them back that you need to overcome in order to accelerate your growth and achieve your dreams. These short 30 minute calls give you a chance to work with one of our coaches without any commitment or pressure. Scheduling is easy. Just go to smilingcall.com. Let's jump on a call and get you the help and clarity you need. Select a time and let's build your business. It's time for you to add value. But, Daniel, Thank you so much for uh, joining me today. I'm just looking forward to uh, learning from you and, and uh, your experience. And you've had quite a journey.
0: Hey, Robert. Thank you so much for having me here today. Looking forward to, to jamming with you.
1: Absolutely. So your your journey to entrepreneurship, obviously, you 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 had quite a few bumps in the road. That I don't know that a lot of folks have had before they became entrepreneurs. But um, And I don't know where, where you'd like to start. I know... Um, your, your parents split up and then you got sent away to go to, to finish high school because your mom wanted you to, to finish. Um, how, obviously, those things are, are pretty hard on <laughs> a young person.
0: Yeah, it was uh, was pretty interesting looking back, you know, we all have some kind of uh, adversity, some kind of story we've all dealt with, right? It's just a matter of what you're going to do after you uh, have those cards dealt to you, right? You know, you can't control the hand that's dealt to you, but what are you going to do with those cards once you pick them up? And uh, that's me, and and that's a lot of you listening to this right now. So for me, just to kind of give the full context, had a just middle-of-the-road childhood. Uh, We weren't poor by any means, and and we weren't wealthy. Um, You know, had two parents in the the household, so just typical uh, middle class life. I was, as you mentioned, uh, you know, the split up of my parents. But prior to that, um, you know, I, I looked at them as, uh, you know, my my role models. Uh, my mom went to work every day as a social worker. My dad was an entrepreneur, and uh, you know, they were my soccer managers, soccer coaches. Uh, I was really close with my dad. Not that I wasn't close with my mom, but you know, my dad and I had that sports bond, and. Um, So not a whole lot to complain about early childhood, but when I turned 12, things really changed. That's when my parents got divorced and then uh, my dad ended up moving to Mexico and they never come back. And that that broke my heart because, you know, he's a really good friend of mine and, uh, you know, so close to me, my father. So um, left a lot of questions and uh, I started to kind of just go downhill. Uh, middle school, high school, started rebelling and making things harder for my now new single mom, right? So uh, just stumbled through high school uh, and, and really was was close to failing. And then my mom, as you mentioned, she shipped me away to a small little town called St. George, Utah. And uh, I went from California my whole life to St. George, Utah. And a brand new school, really didn't know anybody. So that was uh, pr- pretty challenging my senior year of high school. Uh, but a new environment. Right. Like environment is so key and uh, it really can be a game changer. And that new environment for me was was really, really good for me. I was able to go from getting D's and F's in school mm-hmm. to uh, my senior year. I got A's and B's and and I graduated. Um, but I still held on to some of that trauma when I was 18. When I graduated, I still didn't forgive my dad. I still had the the victim mentality, the victim's mindset and I turned to drugs. Uh, 18 years old, I ended up getting addicted to Oxycontin and then uh, ended up getting a woman pregnant. And uh, so those two things were like, wow, like, okay, this is the path I'm taking. And uh, in the background of all this, I'm in sales. I, I just found sales, right? Anyone in sales didn't grow up in school like, the teacher's like, What do you want to do for a living? And, you know, your friend next to you is like, I want to be a fireman. And then your homie next to you is like, I want to be a doctor. And then you answer and you're like, oh, I want to be a salesperson. Like, no one says that. Right. So it just happened. Um, networking has been something that's helped me over the years. So um, I've been a pretty decent networker and I was able to land a sales gig at 18 years old and started making good money, um, enough to um, pay for a pretty expensive drug habit. Uh, I was spending thousands of dollars a month on Oxycontin. And and uh, really was just spiraling downhill. And uh, 18, 19, 20 um, was just lost. Um, but having my daughter really changed my mentality. It allowed me to get clean from drugs. I've been clean for over 10 years, um, and forgave my dad, and uh, just allowed me to have you know different perspective. So you know, I know that was kind of a, a long-winded story, but uh, you know, I think the the main um, you know, takeaway is environment. Um, for me, getting out of California, moving to St. George allowed me to finish high school. Uh, moving from St. George to now Las Vegas, I moved to Las Vegas in 2009. Um, so I've been here for, you know, about 12 years? Um, I've been clean for 12 years. Like that's why I moved from St. George, Utah to Las Vegas, Nevada to kick the the nasty drug habit. And I've been clean since. And I changed my environment. So, you know, if you're struggling right now, if you're in a funk, um, try changing your environment. Doesn't mean you have to pick up and move, but uh, you know, certainly moving for me and changing my environment was was super key.
1: Well, wow. okay, you mentioned an awful lot in there. So, first off, I, I obviously environment is is definitely a key. I mean, it, it can be a key to changing your habits, right? If if you want to change a habit, you change change the way. You know, you're interacting with your space um, can set yourself up for for success. And of course, your mom wanted you to graduate, so changing that space um, is is super powerful. And and then of course, getting yourself away from the connections that you had that were providing the drugs, you know, can be a step. But but you had to make the choice. But I think the biggest move I heard you make in there was forgiving your dad. So what what made you realize that? you needed to let go
0: (laughs) Um, really and and this will add another layer Um, I actually wasn't there when my daughter was born Um, Mm. I was 19 years old Uh, from 18 to 20 is when I used Oxycontin really heavy and that that was my two-year run and when I was 19 my daughter was born and I was off getting high and I was not there at the hospital and 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 I say that because you know maybe there's something that you did in in your past something that is awful and you haven't forgiven yourself mm. right so two things one I had to forgive myself two I had to forgive other people um Eventually, I was able to forgive myself. My daughter's 12 years old. Um, I literally just took her to school this morning. Um, You know, she doesn't know I wasn't there for for her when she was born, but I was there two weeks after, and I've been there every single day after, right? Mm. So we can't control the past. We can just control the future, right? Um, But I remember, like it was yesterday, I held her in my arms, you know, two weeks into her birth. And I held her in my arms, and I just remember thinking, like, man, this this is my kid. Like, my blood is her blood. And this is so special. And then I immediately thought about my dad and I'm like, yeah, he's a knucklehead, but my blood is his blood. And, you know, then I started thinking about what I'm grateful for. You know, I'm grateful that I had a father figure in my life from, when I was born at 12 years old. I'm grateful that I was able to experience that. And he was a good dad, you know, from that time frame. Yeah, he messed up after and he, he, you know, left and no longer is a part of my life, but at least I got something. Some people don't even have a dad. Some people are orphans. So just changed my mentality in terms of why me, poor me, victim mentality to, you know what, I'm grateful that it happened. I'm grateful that I had the time I had with him. And then once he left i got closer to my mom i had to grow up quicker and i had to face certain challenges because he was no longer in my life so you know really uh, just changing my my perspective
1: yeah, that's so good i think so often first of all i don't i don't know that our culture teaches us very well to forgive even even in the church that talks about forgiveness all the time they don't understand forgiveness at the level you've just explained it and and really forgiveness is not about the other person it's, it's all about me and what I'm holding on to inside of me. And one of the ways I describe it to clients and, and folks is, you know, when the situation, the event, when your dad left you, there's this rope he tied around your heart and it just, and, and now he's in Mexico and, and he's pulling on that string and it, it, and it affects your heart every time, you know, you make a decision or you, or you think about, you know, what he did. And, and, and really forgiveness is just saying, you know what, I'm cutting that string and and you mentioned gratitude, right? Allowing that forgiveness to, to to switch to gratitude, that's so powerful. And and recognizing what I can be thankful for and how I can find the positive in in what I had, is is so good. I and I, I don't know if I mean it. It sounds like a simple statement, right? I just I forgave my dad and I found this gratitude, but but it's hard for people to cut that string. They feel like you know, oh, I'm letting them off the hook or, oh, you know, it's, it's, you know, he's going to take, they're going to take advantage of me if I, if I forgive them, but the, the power you figured out is, is what forgiveness did for your own heart.
0: Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's not about them. It's about you. And the only way that you would be taken advantage of again is if you allow it. Right. So, you know, you, you're, you're in control. And you have the ability to recognize when you're walking into a situation where it's like, okay, if I move forward with this, then what's going to happen? And you just learn from your experience, right? Like that's the best way to keep moving forward is to just know what didn't work before and, you know, make sure you don't do it again. And um, you, you got to find peace. And, and that's what I was able to find. Uh, I feel like, you know, being able to let go of that grudge just means that you're just going to be that much more peaceful, that much more happy. And that's, that's why we're here. Right.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So good. Now, obviously you mentioned falling into sales, but, and, and obviously for you, the sales life was tied to a lifestyle that, that you don't know, you no longer, you no longer want obviously the drugs and, and, and all of those things, but for the ability for an 18 year old to get sales experience at a level that that you were obviously achieving, um, how how much did that help you when you stepped into entrepreneurship?
0: Oh, massive! Um, you know, I dropped out of college three months into college. I realized society told me to go to college, right? But three, you know, really like a week into, I'm like, man, this is not for me. So I played soccer for college, uh, a school. Soccer season ended, and I was like, "Yeah, this is not for me." So I'm a college dropout. Uh, My family isn't full of entrepreneurs, Um, so it's not like you know, I don't, I don't have this cool Gary V story where you know I was hustling and and being an entrepreneur in middle school. Like I didn't ever thought of being a business owner. It just came out of necessity. Um, You know. Looking back at our my childhood in eighteen nineteen and and seeing my mom struggle in middle school and high school, like I just didn't want to see us go without. I didn't want to see us struggle. Mm. So, sales was a way for me to, you know, create a stream of income that I could control. Um, and it was tough because you know making a hundred thousand dollars a year as a eighteen nineteen year old, I didn't know how to manage that money. Um, so I ended up you know owing money to the IRS. Um, you know, not really having a good credit score, Um, you know, just mismanaging money. And and I never saw that type of money before, so I didn't know how to how to act. Um, so I made a lot of uh, a lot of bad choices. Um, but you know, to answer your question directly, sales has a huge impact on entrepreneurship because you know I might not be the best in operations and um, you know processes and systems. Uh, that's why I have employees that can help with those weaknesses of mine. Um, but when it comes to communication and and sales and entrepreneurship, um, especially in the very beginning, you know when you're starting off in business business in the very beginning, you have to generate income. You have to be willing to get on the front lines and get on the phones and you know, meet people and, and, and create revenue and you have to train a sales team and you have to be able to lead your sales team. You know, so that's been super key. Um, you know, right now our company, uh, Quest Education, the company I own, uh, right now we've got about twelve full-time W two employees. Um, so being able to to lead them and and create the culture and the messaging and the mission, um, you know, a lot of it is is sales based.
1: Nice. So you you obviously gave up the sales gig and 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 the lifestyle to to start over. Is that is that where you started as an entrepreneur?
0: Yeah, so basically, um, you know, had a pretty successful sales career from about 18 to, I'm 32, so let's call it 29 years old. Um, I've been in business for three years. Um, so after making a ton of bad choices financially in my early 20s and spending more than I was making, um, I finally was able to learn from my mistakes. Um, I started, you know, saving a lot. I started investing. I started, you know, driving, you know, paid off Hondas and not, you know, the newest car that, you know, has a crappy monthly payment. Um, you know, I started building up my credit score. I started, you know, being really good with setting up entities and, and making sure that, you know, tax-wise, I had strategies. Um, so I was able to, you know, do all of those things in my mid-20s. And then, um, you know, just meeting certain people and certain opportunities coming about, um, I felt like, man, it's, I could be the captain of my own ship and, and being... I played sports growing up and there's a lot of parallels between sports and business. And I've always, I've never been the best player on the team. I've always had a leadership role, whether it's a captain or, or whatnot. Um, so I, I knew entrepreneurship was something that I could do. Um, and, you know, I was 29 years old. I started Quest Education, uh, maxed out a bunch of 0% credit cards, put a, a bunch of savings in. Um, I live in Las Vegas. I don't like to gamble, but I'll use the gambling term. Um, I, I put all the chips in and, and bet on myself. And uh, that was three years ago. And uh, three years later, we're, we're still plugging along.
1: Nice. And, and now, I mean, let's talk about Quest Education because you're obviously um, you're actually working in, in the financial world, not necessarily financial services, but you're, you're doing financial education work. And and obviously that's born out of in some way out of your own experience, right, your own falling down. But yet you've taken it to to a whole a whole nother level. And so let's talk a, a little bit about Quest Education.
0: Yeah. So basically the problem that we solve in the marketplace is we help people access money in their their 401ks, or IRAs, penalty and tax-free. And uh, because most people, when they have a 401k or IRA, they think that money is locked up. They can't touch that money. Um, That's not true. Um, There are ways where you can access that money penalty and tax-free. And uh, once people understand that, They can use that money a lot of different ways. Um, There's been people that we've helped pay off thirty thousand dollars in credit card debt where they're paying twenty percent interest. You know, what's the point of having a retirement account make you eight percent a year when your credit card debt's costing you twenty percent? Right. So once the client realizes, oh, shoot, I can take my retirement account money that's making me eight percent a year, I can take that out penalty and tax free and use that money to pay off this credit card debt that's costing me twenty percent. I pay off the credit card debt in one shot and now i'm paying my retirement account back so i'm replenishing what i took out so i'm not robbing from the future so i still have money for you know the future but i'm taking care of the problem now i'm paying off that high interest rate credit card debt that's stressing me out you know that is making me lose sleep um you know so a lot of different ways we can help people whether it's paying off high interest rate credit card debt um you know uh, I just thought about it right now. One of our clients, um, you know, was able to use her retirement account to fund her business. You know, she started an Amazon business, needed money for inventory, right? So crypto is a big thing right now, right? Using retirement accounts to invest in real estate, crypto, and basically just things that you're not going to hear from your financial advisors over at Wall Street because it's not in their best interest. They don't make money with the things I just listed off. So you're not going to hear about this kind of stuff, but it is IRS approved. Everything you know that we'll maybe talk about in the podcast or what I just described, um, you can Google. You know, it's called mm-hmm. a solo four hundred one k. It's IRS approved. It's been around for decades. It's just not talked about.
1: Mm-mm. And and like you said, part of it why it's not talked about, and and I think that's one of the things in in my world at that, that least I see um, is the financial services financial advisors. Um, and now everybody's a financial advisor, right? Whether they're selling life insurance to you or you know putting you in the stock market, they all consider themselves, you know, financial advisors because they've passed one test or you have know, one or two or three of the certifications. But the the truth is, the the thing they they don't always reveal is is their stake in in what they're trying to sell you, right? So, you know, I get you into this package, I get more money, and I get you into this package, I get you more money. And I think there's a lack of integrity in, in a lot of areas in that.
0: Yeah, that's, that's why I really love what we do. You know, we're not financial advisors. You know, I'm not here to tell you what stock to buy or what insurance policy to get. Uh, we don't sell investments. We we sell solutions. And, uh, you know, when people come to us and we're talking to people, it's a matter of identifying where they are right now, where they're trying to go and what's holding them back from getting there. Right. And uh, figuring out a way where, you know, a self-directed retirement account or a solo 401k, is that a tool that can help you accomplish your financial goals? Maybe it's not, but there's a chance that it is. And it's just a matter of not understanding and not having the knowledge. And that's where we come in to provide that information, pull back the curtain, help people understand the options that are out there, and then they can make a decision that makes sense for their situation
1: yeah I think there's so much more room for education in our financial world and, and allowing people to uh, to to learn more about what their advisors are doing what what options are available and and not being you know tied to one financial you know solution like a typical financial advisor doesn't take your real estate into account and 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 those options and certainly crypto is is another one that financial advisors you know at least at this point aren't touching. Yeah, no, it
0: it, it doesn't make the money, right? So, you know, using a retirement account to fund your business, that doesn't make the money, right? So they they want you to buy stocks and and mutual funds.
1: Yeah, so powerful. So you mentioned obviously the power of networking and and starting your business. So let's talk about connections you've made and and how those connections um, or your ability to make connections allowed you to grow grow this business?
0: Man, so was yesterday it was pretty funny. I'll share a story that maybe some of you guys can laugh at. So I'm at an <laughs> event yesterday and um, like within 10 seconds, he's like, Hey, do you have a podcast? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, man, I'd be a great guest on your podcast. Can I be on your podcast? <laughs> and then like a few minutes later, I talked to someone else and I asked him or he asked me what I do for a living. I tell him, and then like 10 seconds later, like he's asking me to do business, you know, asking me, Hey, like I can help your clients with this. And, and the reason I say this is because networking, most people, they treat it the wrong way. They treat it as if like you're on a date and you're trying to go to, to, to home base, like within the first few minutes. And it it doesn't work that way. I mean, maybe one out of a thousand, you know, you'll get business from, but chances are that one person probably isn't who you want to do business with. Right. <laughs> so networking has to be organic. Networking has to be something where it just has to flow. Um, right now, there's a lot of the on social media, like add value, add value, add value. Right. And I had someone the other day at an event, you know, within the first 20 seconds, he's like, hey, man, how can I add value to your life? And I'm like man, you, you don't even know who I am and what do I do? What I do? Like, like, like just chill. Like, I know you just read a meme on, on Instagram, but like, that's not how this works. So, you know, networking is, is so huge, right? I, um, you know, I've had a few jobs in my life. Um, I've never had to create a resume. Um, I've never really had a formal interview. Um, you know, I had a pretty decent corporate career, you know, management experience and things of that nature. And that was because of networking. Um, Being a business owner today, that was because of networking, you know, meeting certain people along the way that have helped me and and I can help. So treat networking as a long game, right? Mm. Like that one person that you meet today, yeah, you'd love to do business with them. But just because you don't do business with them today or next week doesn't mean you'll never do business with them, right? Like there's a lot of solid relationships that I have in my life today where the first 10 times I met them, like we're just talking about things that are relatable. Like we're just building a bond. We're just building a friendship. And then naturally, it turns into business if it's meant to be. So if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And, and, you know, so that's where networking, um, I just see so many terrible networkers out there <laughs> and, um, it, it is what it is. It, 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 stinks that it happens, but if you're a really good networker, then it makes it so much easier for you to stand out. So all those crappy networkers make it easier for you.
1: Absolutely. Well, and, and so you know, my, one of my stories I share is it's one of my first chamber of commerce events. And, and there's these people that just fly around the room, <laughs> you know, do you have a business card? And you change business card. You have a business card. And so the price of a business card is a business card. And you're like, wait, what, what just happened? Like, (laughs) who was that guy? And then two days later you get an email, you know, saying I can solve all your business problems and I can do this and I can do that. And I'm like, do I even, where, and then you have to tie the email back to the business card back to what I don't even, I don't even know his name. Like, (laughs) and then, and then of course you mentioned online, I think, uh, linkedin has become kind of there, there's a, a group of people operating in linkedin the same way and you know hey we have two mutual connections let's let's connect and then as soon as you hit connect they send you a pitch saying they can they can get you 10 leads in 22 minutes and you're like well, wait you don't even know what i do like you don't know who i am you don't know about my family like are we even in alignment? Like, is there even, is there anything we have in common
0: <laughs> besides
1: the fact that we're on LinkedIn?
0: <laughs> but Robert, are you interested in passive income?
1: <laughs> exactly. Of course. <laughs> Who's not interested in passive income, man. But I, I, yeah, I obviously add value is, is my company name. And so it's add value, adding value to others is, is super important to me, but, but it starts with getting to know a person and, and, and adding value in, in in the little things. And if I have to ask you how to add value to you, I'm already out. <laughs> and sometimes like, adding
0: value, I think a lot of people think about adding value as like you have to solve a problem for them and like you have to provide a service to their clients or to them or make an introduction, like that's adding value. Sometimes adding value is just asking questions and getting that person to respond and them leaving the conversation that you just had where they're like, man, like that guy has some pretty good questions. Like that guy's cool as shit. Like hopefully I can cuss, but like, I like that guy. Right. Um, no one wants to be in a conversation where it's a one way street and you know, you barely spoke because that person was just speaking the whole time. Right. Mm. So adding value can always, can always just be just making someone else feel good. And it's always easier to make someone else feel good when you're genuinely, interested in the conversation and you're asking Mm. questions to get to know them and they're open ended and it just flows it's it's organic
1: absolutely so i challenge i challenge people so how would you add value to the grocery store clerk? because they're not a client they're not a potential you know you have to think completely differently and and so how would you add value to the grocery store clerk? because that's how you want to start relationships those yeah not thinking about hey can i get his card oh hey can can i make a deal or Hey, can he get me, you know, can he get me in touch with these three other people? No, it's like, how, you know, how can I get to know Daniel? How can I, how can I learn a little bit more about him? And, and like the grocery store clerk, it's, you know, they, they're rushing through the day, obviously just all day long <laughs> processing people's grocery carts and, and, and how many of them use their name tag and say, Hey, how you doing today? How, how's things been going? Like, yeah. you know, is it been crazy busy because of the holidays or you know, just just give them a reason to smile. For me, that's that's where adding value starts. And 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 that's kind of I started the podcast because I want to add value to my clients. And the podcast gives me opportunities to make connections that I wouldn't have made before. I've, I've interviewed people in New Zealand that would never be in one of my group coaching sessions to help my clients. <laughs> like, but but I can talk to somebody in New Zealand. I can talk to you in Las Vegas and and have a conversation of things that, that benefit my clients that benefit now, a now growing audience because of a relationship and my willingness, my, my desire to ask questions that add value to you and, and and help you feel like we're having a conversation that that's meaningful and not just, you know, Daniel, tell me about your company, Daniel, just, you know, what do you do And, and put that all out there. I mean, it's good. Like people want to hear that information, that information's good, but I think, helping people relate to your life and the challenges that you've faced and, and the way you've overcome those things and and the way you have found success is far more valuable, right? <laughs> and the same thing applies in regular networking and and the people that we meet. And so I, I agree with you wholeheartedly like adding value is 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 a process <laughs> and it's a long game. And be okay with the long game. Build relationships that matter for for the long game because then the bigger your network is the the, the more influence that, that you can have um, and Absolutely. bring bring to your you know bring back to your company so so good we will be right back after this short break this episode is sponsored by perfect publishing a different approach to publishing a book perfect publishing carefully chooses heroes of hope who exemplify living a life they created through faith hope patience and persistence no matter what page you open to in this mini cube of hope you will find a leader with a big heart. You will see you are not alone. The authors may share similar challenges that only hope and action could resolve. Get your free ebook at getadoseofhope.com. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. So you mentioned obviously making a ton of money in in sales early on, but no, no core values. So let's talk about developing your values. Where At what point did you... Well, I guess let's let's go straight to it. What point did you take responsibility for Daniel?
0: Um, I I would say um, you know, having the having my daughter was was instrumental. Um, so, you know, her there has to be something in your life that happens that triggers like a wake up and um, you know, a rock bottom, so sort to of speak. And uh that that was that was that was me, you know. So early twenties as she started getting older, just realizing, you know, I've got a lot of responsibility. I, I got it's my duty to to make sure that you know I, I make sure that she is someone that contributes to society and and she grows up to be you know an awesome human being and, and my influence is is going to matter. So you know it's important that you know you you know who you stand for. Um, for me, sports really helped kind of bring back some of those things. Right, like in sports, like you know you're taught don't give up. Right. Just because you're losing in the first half doesn't mean you can't come back in the second half. Mm, so um, you know, so so those things like that um, were, were easy for me to you know, shape in, in my 20s um, and, and just figuring out, you know, what do you stand for? And, and sometimes when you're trying to figure out your core values, you, you kind of struggle with coming up with things. So try what don't you stand for?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Like what are what are things that you're not cool with? right. And, and write those down. And then I bet you, you'll then be able to get that translated into, okay, like, here is who I am. Like, who is Robert? Who is Daniel? You know, what, what does Robert stand for? What does Daniel stand for? You know, and ask yourself some of those questions and start, you'll start figuring out, you know, your standards, what, what you are willing to, uh, tolerate and and not tolerate.
1: So good. I mean, obviously in sales and, 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 I don't know what what kind of sales you were in, but but obviously sales can be a place where where people um, take advantage of others and, and, you know, try to sell them products that they don't need just just to get the sale. Um, And I think entrepreneurs, good entrepreneurs figure out that if I add value through the process, right, I'm solving a problem. I have a great solution. Bringing the problem and the solution together for somebody is is worth them compensating me for and the sales process isn't it's not about sales now it's about hey i can solve this problem for you i'm really good at it and they need the problem solved in fact they're going to pay you twice as much if they if they could because the problem is bugging them so much yeah right that's that's really the essence of sales and and we get this idea of sales as this sleazy used car guy trying to get you into a car that they taped over the rust um, but, but obviously your company's solving a problem that most people don't even know they have, right. Or, or they know they have, but they have no idea that there's a, there's even any solutions or options out there other than paying 20% penalty in taxes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it, exactly. That's why, you know, it's, it's your duty, right? Like it's, you're hurting people by not bringing it to the forefront, you know, your unwillingness to or I guess you being shy and not wanting to talk about your business, um, you're you're hurting other people by not introducing that concept to them.
1: Oh, that's so good, right? Like that, the world needs you. The world needs the solution that you offer, or the 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 thing that that's inside of you, your uniqueness. I think um, I have a special love for entrepreneurs. Obviously, I I think entrepreneurs are going to save the world and solve more problems than corporations or a government are ever going to solve and and i think people need to recognize that they they were born with a purpose to serve humanity in some way and if they can draw that purpose out and and trust that it it solves a problem and start a business then then they bring that authenticity to the world um obviously you're you're pretty comfortable being authentically you and and putting your struggles out there putting yourself out there what how has your authenticity served you because I think people are afraid to be authentic
0: you know so my grandpa's 94 years old hmm. and he occasionally still drives
1: um <laughs> he's not on
0: any medication um he likes donuts does crossword puzzles every day he's just chilling and um he's healthy as a horse so I asked him the other day, I'm like, Grandpa, like, why are you so healthy? Like, What's been the key for you having great health? And he sat back and he just smiled and he's just like, just be happy. He's like, just be, find peace. Hmm. Like, that was it. And that's all he needed to say. So when you're yourself and you're not worried about what other people think, like, and you're authentic, like using that word that you just brought up, you have peace that you're, you're, you're happy and you realize you can't make everyone else happy. You can't make everyone help, happy and the only way you can make everyone happy is if you sell ice cream or if actually if you give away ice cream. <laughs>
1: um,
0: so unless that's you, like you just have to accept that you can't make everyone ha- happy. So you have to focus on you and what's going to make you happy. And if you're you're if you're living this, this life or you're trying to fit in and you're trying to be someone you're not, when you wake up in the morning or before you go to bed at night and you look at the mirror, you realize that you're a fraud. You're not who you say you are. You're not you're not who you're meant to be or who you want to be because you're trying to live this other life. Hmm. So just being able to to get to that point of just being you and and being, you know, uh, just true uh, to yourself. And if you ruffle some feathers if some people, you know, cast stones, um, hmm usually they're not happy so they're just they're not happy with themselves so they're just projecting onto you and uh you know once you kind of walk through those scenarios and and you just come to that conclusion you're you just find peace and you're not stressed out
1: hmm. well, i think that ties back to the forgiveness a bit too right like recognizing that this is what i can control this is this is this is this is, this is me inside this and and i choose happiness like why would we choose to be a victim? <laughs> like, well, you know, and, and there's a lot of people that do. Yeah. And some of you might be listening to the show right now and you have a different, you have a different option, right? Yeah. You don't have to be a victim of the government. You don't have to be a victim of your job. You don't have to be a victim of your parents. You know, the truth is that you can be you and say, you know what, as of this moment, I'm responsible for how I feel and I'm responsible for what I'm doing. And, and, and you can own something different. And and really good things happen yeah. when you make that choice. We call it the line of courage in, in, in our coaching program. Is once you cross that line of courage, basically you're saying I'm responsible and, and I take control of the things I can control. And guess what happens to the things I can't control? <laughs> I don't worry about them. <laughs> They're not my problem. Yeah. yeah, so powerful. Good for your grandpa. Hope he's, hope he's driving to get donuts. That's,
0: yeah, man. That's, that's how he gets away from, from my grandma for a few minutes. You know, they've been married for 60 plus years. So that's his, uh, instead of going to the bar, he, he goes and grabs some coffee and the, and gets a donut.
1: There you go. Yeah. Good man. So let's talk about mentors. How have mentors served and and helped you?
0: Big. I, um, I'm about three years into, uh, masterminds. Um, so I spent a good Good chunk of money, I could mm-hmm. probably buy a nice car every year with the amount of money I spend in and, in uh, and masterminds and, and mentor programs, um, and, and they've been key. They've been huge. Just being able to build a bigger network and be able to get some ideas from this person and that person, and you know, some advice over here, and, and just surrounding myself with people that are much higher uh, in in business and life, because um, again, you just it comes down to an environment right? Like the, mm. the environment you put yourself in. Um, I don't want to be the biggest fish in the pond, right? Like I'd rather be one of the smaller fish so I could keep growing and, and look at those bigger fish and see what they're doing. What are they eating? What are they, you know, how are they working out? How are they thinking? Um, because I always want to keep pushing and, and keep getting better. So uh, mentorship has been, Key for me, um, even before three years ago. Three years ago is, is when I actually started like investing into masterminds. But prior to that, you know, I definitely sought out certain people along the way. Uh, there's a lot of people along the way that I, you know, can give credit to that helped shape me. And um, you know, you 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 have to seek out those those mentors. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of people are too stubborn. You know, mm-hmm. they don't want to be told what to do, or they don't want to be uh, criticized. And uh, they're just not, their ego just gets in the way. And, and you have to have an ego. So, you know, I do want to say, like, and this comes from sports, like, you have to know when you lace up and you, you know, get on the field, like, you're going to win. Like, you're confident in your ability. Like, I don't care who is playing on the other side. Like, I'm winning today. That's, that's ego. Um, so, you, you have to have that. But you also have to have the ability to be humble and realize that you can always get better. And in order to get better, you have to know what you're doing wrong, right? So there is that line that you have to walk, and, and that's where mentorship is is super helpful.
1: Hmm. So you mentioned seeking out a mentor. Obviously, you're at the point now in your business where you're you're investing in mentors, and and uh, and obviously the mentor is going to get you further than that car <laughs> if you spent the money on the car. Yeah. But prior to being able to invest in mentors or um, even mentors that you want to invest in, how how do you how do you choose how do you find the person that you want how do you seek them out
0: man there's no excuse now we're in 2021 it's funny like oh <laughs> here i'm 32 years old and like i'll hear some of my older friends talk about like you know the way that they had to learn back in the day was like a tony robbins like cassette like that was it right so like now there's just no excuse like You're just lazy if you can't find out, find these people. Like, it just takes time. Like, all you have to do is just figure out is it podcasts? Is it, you know, YouTube? Is it social media? Like, there's just so much content out there. And whatever you're interested in, you know, there's a thing called Google. And if you Google it, it's probably going to show. Some, some people, some players in that space, whether it's crypto, whether it's, you know, someone that's a freaking amazing bass fisher, uh, you know, a Olympic diver. Like, dude, there's, there's so much out there, right? So there's a thing called YouTube. There's this <laughs> amazing thing called Google. Um, maybe Ask Jeeves is still around, askjeeves.com. <laughs> um, you know, just, just start doing some research and realize it's going to take some time. Um, you know, there's a few people that I have on rotation that I listen to in podcasts. I read their books, things of that nature, but it took time, right? Like there's a lot of podcasts and and content that I, I absorbed along the way where I'm like, yeah, that, that's just not me. Like that's, that doesn't speak to me next. Let me, let me listen to something else, you know? And if you just do that long enough, you, you, you find your squad, you find your ecosystem of people that you want to want to emulate
1: that's so good yeah podcast there's no excuse right like (laughs) you could you could go to itunes and and put in whatever your business is it could be you know teaching knitting and i bet bet somebody's (laughs) got a podcast about teaching knitting exactly That's a niche and so yeah there's there is no excuse for finding mentors and you know, my first mentors were were authors, right? Reading their books and, and now listening to their books. And and yeah, you can you can have a mentor in their book. And what's really cool now is you could listen to their book and then put a search out there in iTunes in the podcast and probably find, you know, three or four different conversations where where they're having a conversation with somebody and, and take their book to a whole nother level. Exactly. Um, and so that's, yeah, I love that. No excuse. <laughs> yeah. Just 2021, dude, stop yeah. whining about not having a mentor and just do something. Exactly. That's awesome. So obviously you're going to switch it up just a little bit. What, what was your most memorable date with your wife?
0: Man, um, that's a good question. Um, One of our first dates, I uh, I ran a half marathon here in Las Vegas and the night before, like this is probably like our third date. So, you know, I'm still like nervous and whatnot the night before we went out and I'm still trying to impress her. Right. And I had like six or seven shots of Patron. This is like (laughs) nine years ago. Right. You know, so I'm like 22, 23. And um, the next day I had a half marathon. (laughs) And I'm so hung over the next day and the marathon starts. I'm running with my trainer and my trainer is in really good shape and he knows like I'm struggling, but I have this adrenaline. So the first, um, like shot, um, is all of the, the, the Kenyans and like all the Africans that are so fast, right? Like they're at the very front. So they go first and I see them like gazelles, like they just, boom. and I'm like, Man, this I'm I'm ready. Like, I'm gonna follow them. You know, <laughs> so then the average Joe's the rest of us, we go a few minutes after. But I'm so pumped. And so I, I start off the gate the first mile, I feel pretty good. Then I throw up on like mile 1.2 <laughs> and and then I start getting cramps. And at this point, I'm like, dude, I'm I'm done. I just threw up whatever you know I had last night. Here's some tequila on the floor, <laughs> and I'm cramping. And my my trainer was like you can't stop. Like, if you stop right now, you're done. Like you didn't start this to finish this, to not finish it. Like you got to finish this. I ended up finishing the rest, a half miles, 13 miles. So I finished the other 12 miles with the cramp, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: threw up a couple more times. And I finished in an hour and like 47 minutes, um, which is pretty good timing. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I always remember that first date with my wife because uh, you know, next thing you know, I ran a half marathon like a moron, uh, hung over on tequila.
1: <laughs> oh, thanks, honey. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you're not blaming her. No, no. <laughs> I remember, but it's not her fault.
0: Yeah, no. You, you gotta take ownership of everything, right? So yeah, absolutely. That's all, that's all
1: me. So what do you love to do in your free time?
0: Uh, shoot man it's uh I, I like to golf uh i like to travel we just got back from florida We're, we love the beaches um we now call ourselves shellers um we we love to find seashells like there's just something about just walking up and down the beach and all you're thinking about is finding sand dollars all you're thinking about is finding some cool shells. so we uh we love living the sheller life man the beach is uh you can see the beach in, in the background my office here uh it's, that's that's my that's my piece. That's, nice. that's my vitamin C right there.
1: <laughs> nice. So obviously, three years now, you've been been building this business. What's what tools have been the most effective for building your audience?
0: Uh, the book I just came out with has been super super helpful. Uh, it's called Blueprints Your Best Retirement. It's a it's a book that is just really easy to understand. Uh, <laughs> I wrote the book with the intention of you know our average client is between 35 and 60 years old um you know they have a retirement account they have money set aside but they just don't have all of the knowledge to take action with their with their money like they know enough to be dangerous but their level of savviness they just haven't taken the time nor do they really want to but the idea of accessing their retirement account penalty and tax free is like whoa! I didn't know I could do this. So you know if that's you and you pick up this book, you could probably read it in a day. It's it's super short, uh, easy to digest because the financial world they love to just create these terms that just <laughs> like overwhelm you and you're just like what does this even mean? So I really wanted to dumb it down and make it nice and simple. Um, so that book has been been very helpful for a lot of a lot of our our, uh, our clients and, and you know, a lot of people that have read the book. Um, so that's been uh, that's been really helpful building the audience. And then, you know, uh, we've got a few courses and social media. Um, you know, I've got a team that you know does the education on the phone with with people. You know, we've got customers in, in all 50 states um, as we've been able to build up our, our customer base. But uh, you know, between the book and, and social media, and you know, I've got a podcast called How to win- How Winners Win. Um, and the podcast uh, on how winners win um, is just teaching people how to win in their personal life, their financial life, their entrepreneur life. Um, so that's been great in building up the audience as well. So you know, there's not just this one thing that you're gonna do. And if you do that one thing in one week, you're gonna make it, right? Like it's the boring, monotonous stuff. But if you do that consistently and, you show up every day, you know, you're you're going to see some results. It's just a matter of time has to catch up.
1: Hmm, absolutely. Well, and you mentioned sports analogies. That's one place where business and, and fitness and sports are, are a match, right? It's it's really what you do in the boring and, and monotonous times that really determines, you know, your results. You know, that consistency of of taking the same you know the same shot, taking the same shot over and over and over again, seems boring. And and the guys that choose to say, "Well, that's boring. I can shoot anyway," don't become you know 80% shooters. <laughs> and and so I think it, there's a lot of value to be said for the boring stuff. Um, find the boring fun in the journey, and then it changes everything. I think in your business. So you mentioned uh, obviously. The things you do every day matter. So do you have some routines that, that help you stay on track? Yeah. You commit it, to every day.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, I've, I've kind of had a shift my routine with, with my daughter, taking her to school. Um, the, the wife has been, uh, been working in, in the morning. So, um, you know, your schedule is going to change, right? Like if you're married, if you've got kids, like as much as you want your routine to always be the same, like it's going to change. But you know, you want to, once it changes, you want to stick with it as long as you can. And then if, you know, circumstances happen, then you adapt, but then you just get back into that routine. So, yeah, um, you know, before I before I work, it's, uh, you know, get a little reading done. Um, I'm a big proponent of exercise. Um, that's that's my uh, that's my vaccine. That, that's mm-hmm. my medicine is, is exercising, um, getting sleep, you know, getting sleep is, is massive. Uh, my routine really starts in the evening, mm-hmm. um, getting in the bed at a good time and uh you know making sure when i go to bed i go to bed happy i, I go to bed at peace so that way I, I know i can get good good quality sleep and then wake up um, uh, get that reading done do a little bit of meditating exercise and then uh you know i get a little bit of time with my daughter taking her to school she's 12 years old you know um, cranky moody teenager so <laughs> that's always fun uh, you never know what i'm gonna get in the car ride and then um You know, usually we'll either work from home or come into the office with the team and uh, take on whatever challenges are thrown, thrown our way.
1: Absolutely. So you mentioned obviously changing your schedule with your daughter, but um, the opportunity as an entrepreneur to, you know, adjust your business around your family, around the lifestyle that you want. Um, So what, what are some of the blessings of raising your family and running your own business?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, if I want to come in at ten o'clock, I come in at ten o'clock. Uh, however, it has to be intentional, right? My calendar rules my life, so my calendar I I plan out, right? Like I know what's on my calendar next week, next month, February, March, right? And I can customize it how I want, right? You know, Mondays and Fridays, for example. A good friend of mine gave me this this advice, and it's been very helpful for me. Um, I block off my Mondays and Fridays. Like, you're not going to get me on a podcast on a Monday or Friday. Um, You're not going to have me do a meeting on a Monday or Friday. Um, Our leadership executive meetings are on Tuesdays, but Monday and Fridays are my creativity time. Um, they're, They're my time to create content. They're my time to write out copy. They're my time to you know, observe the floor, um, you know, have some one on one conversations, just spontaneous things, uh, creativity, uh, type of things. Um, or if I want to just hang out with my wife on on, you know, Friday morning and not come into the office till noon, or if I want to leave the office at one o'clock and, you know, pick up my daughter from school and hang out the rest of the day, right? So like, Mondays and Fridays, Uh, the calendar is blocked off. I control that day, uh, Tuesdays through Thursdays. Uh, My calendar is dictated by, you know, the calendar link that I get that I send out to whoever needs to get it. And then they pick those days and times to set something up. And uh, yeah, so the calendar is, uh, you know, it's, it's it's the boss around
1: here. (laughs) Absolutely. So what inspires Daniel?
0: And winning. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a really competitive person. So, you know, the satisfaction of winning is a feeling that is massive because it creates confidence, right? And confidence breeds success. And the more success you have, the more confident you get and then the more confidence you get, the more that you can win and the more that you win, the more comp- you know what I'm saying? So like it just goes back and forth. So just winning and, and that could be my personal life, my family life, my daughter, my wife, my team, our clients, um, my finances, (laughs) my client's finances, right? Like we're, we're, we're here for only a short period of time and we might as well win.
1: Absolutely. So what's the big dream?
0: Hmm. You know, just winning at a bigger level. Um, you know, I, um, I try to live in the, in the moment, you know, yeah, we have targets and one year goals and three year targets and the 10 year, you know, big, hairy, audacious goals and things like that, which is cool. Um, but just impacting at a much larger scale, um, you know, seeing my daughter turn 18 and, and be a kick-ass adult, um, you know, just things like that, that, you know, family and, 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 and that regard is, is, you know, my dream, that's that's my legacy. So, you know, just continuing to build onto that is, you know, my, my big vision and then being able to, you know, I'd love to be able to impact other people like me in the sense of, uh, you know, kids that grew up um, in a single family household or no parents. And, you know, maybe we're around drugs and exposed mm. to just some crappy things and providing an outlet for them. You know, I'd love to create a, an academy, like a, a big soccer complex where there can just be a shitload of, of fields and, and we can have coaches and teams and, and we can bring these kind of troubled youth together. And sports is a great way to get people um, to come together and, uh, you know, provide some life lessons.
1: Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a that's a great opportunity, and obviously as your as your business grows, contribution can become more and more um, an avenue as you know giving back. I think is a, a big piece of of entrepreneurship. Exactly. So, young entrepreneur sitting across from you, or just your ideal client sitting across from you, what's uh, Daniel's words of wisdom?
0: Um, I, I would say you know, young entrepreneur, get your money, right. Um, get your credit score, right. You know, credit score is, is key. You know, that's how you can get cheap money. That's how you can get lower car insurance, home insurance, cheap loans, 0% interest cards. Um, that's how you can use other people's money. So get, get your money, right. Um, save more than what you're spending, right. Start investing early. And, um, Get your money right. Like, I wish I would have done that earlier in my life. So that's the the young entrepreneur. Um, ideal customer, you know, if you have a 401k from an old job or an IRA and the idea of accessing that money penalty and tax-free, um, head over to danielblue.me. It's not some... Um, you know Russell Brunson click funnel nothing against him like he's dope he's great at what he does but you go to that website it's not going to be you know give me your information and then I'll sell you a fifteen dollar course um, you can get access to my book my book's like you know five ten dollars um, the book is a game changer and I, I know you'd like that um, I have a bunch of Forbes articles so just free articles that provide tactical information on solo 401ks and you know, the whole world of accessing your money penalty and tax free, and then gives you access or, or links to all my, my the podcasts on Spotify and iTunes and things like that. So you can head over and, and check us out uh, and then all my social media handles, you know, I do my best to show up every day and just provide, you know, a way to entertain and uh, make you think, give you some knowledge and, um, you know, just help you see some of the other options that are out there where, you know, you could have more freedom and control with your own money.
1: Hmm. Daniel, thank you so much. We'll put all those links in the description as well. And so everybody should be able to find, find you in in multiple avenues. And so I sure appreciate you taking the time today, sharing your story and sharing your wisdom and uh, just look forward to the ways we'll continue to network together.
0: For sure. Robert, thank you again for uh, having me on the show. This is awesome.
1: This episode is brought to you by intentional decisions that lead to massive success. No, those aren't companies promoting our show. They are qualities that you need to build your business and take control of your life. So to help you out, I'm offering my most popular worksheets to help you plan the future you want and audit your calendar today. The best way to get what you want is to know what it is and start making sure that your calendar matches. You can download them free today at addvaluemindset.com. If you will take action by just completing these two activities, they will change your life and business. I promise you a new level of results in the coming year. The problem is that we make things so complicated and we lose focus on what is really important. These tools will help you refocus on what matters most. When you align your passion with your purpose in your work, you can be happier and start doing the things you wanted to in the first place, like spending more quality time with the kids. To get your free copy of the tools to start tackling your busy schedule, go to addvaluemindset.com. If you enjoy the show, please like, subscribe, leave a review. But most importantly, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who needs to hear it. Share, share, share. In our next episode, Richie Norton and Robert discuss time and how many of the ways we think about time and work are based on the industrial revolution and the model where corporations use employees to produce products. Whoever controls your time controls your life. Richie has lived a rich life with a lot of pain and challenge. But today he chooses to focus on what is most important to him and makes the work support that.